want to avoid paying for cloud storage this episode is for you this is the guiding voice podcast series the guiding voice for a better future folks i am your host navin samala just a fellow it professional but on a mission to shape the careers and lives of millions across the globe we drive conversations that matter conversations that add value to your life and your career through the guiding voice we enable successful leaders across the globe share their knowledge and wisdom with our audience so that each one of you will acquire more knowledge by tuning into the guiding voice podcast than any other podcast in this space thank you so much for joining me today and today's episode let us chat with christopher burman on benefits of taking control of your hardware and data and we're extremely pleased to have christopher in our virtual studio today christopher hearty welcome to the guiding voice and thank you so much for being part of our journey in shaping the careers and lives of millions across the globe it is fantastic to have you here. Oh, thank you very much, Naveen. It is a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me on. Now, uh, without further ado, Christopher, let's move forward. Can you briefly talk about your career journey? Well, certainly. My father was always in the insurance industry. So obviously that had a very large impact on me growing up. I learned a good deal about the industry from my father as I was growing up. And in the early 1980s, my family moved from New York City to the Hartford, Connecticut area. Now at that time, Hartford, Connecticut was known as the insurance capital of the world. <laughs> well, these days that's not so much true anymore, but back in those days it certainly was. And so naturally, it made sense for me to enter that industry. I started out as a temp at Connecticut Mutual Life Insurance, which uh, my father had worked at years before, which actually no longer exists today. I started out in their annuities department. I spent all day on the phone contacting other companies, following up on transfers, following up on 1035 exchanges for new annuities business. Later on, I moved into the new business operations area, and I spent a few years there. One day, a coworker of mine mentioned that I ought to move into IT. And to be honest, I never thought about it, but I decided to give it a try. And so I moved over to IT. I spent quite a few years in IT. I started out as a quality analyst, and I finished up as a business analyst. You had an opportunity to work in the insurance domain and then switch to IT. And I thought you have been in the IT for quite a long time. Interesting stuff. And uh, in, in this uh, particular journey, right, which is spanning about three decades or so, right? So what are the top? Yeah. All right. So what are the top three things that have helped you so far to be successful in your professional life? I have found one of the most important things is to pick a routine and stick with it. When you are focusing on your work, don't spend time focusing on ancillary things, the minor things, the things that don't really matter. When I was in my 20s, I was focusing very hard on my career. So I didn't fuss over outfits or fashion. I mean, I, I still don't, as you can see. I cooked pretty much the same meal every night, chicken and brown rice every night, because I didn't want to spend time and energy thinking about what I was going to cook, what ingredients I need to buy. I was focused on my career. I packed the same pack lunch every day, two peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, an apple and an orange, five days a week. I went to bed at the same time. I woke up at the same time. 
And that gave me much more energy to focus on my work, what really mattered at the time. That's number one. Number two, I would tell people to take notes and stay organized. When you are in an environment where you need to absorb a lot of information very quickly, you are going to be nervous and you are not going to remember everything. When I first started my career, this was in the late 1990s, we didn't have laptops. We had desktops. And so I walked around with a notepad and a pen to every department meeting. When I needed to have a conversation with a coworker and I walked over to their desk, I would take my notepad and pen with me and I would write things down. And I would ask people to repeat things. I would ask people to explain things that I didn't understand. And sometimes they would have to explain it to me three, four, five times before I understood it. But I would write it down when I did understand. Now, today, it's a very different story. We have laptops. We have Microsoft OneNote, which I feel is an absolute godsend. I've been in my current job for five months. I'm still very much in the learning phase, and I'm still very much taking notes. Another tool that I use to stay organized is using the tasks feature in Outlook. If I have tasks that I need to accomplish every single day or once a week, I set up a recurring task in Outlook. And the first thing I do when I sign on in the morning, I go through what I like to call my morning rounds. I go through each and every task. And when I'm done, I check off that task and a new task is automatically generated for the next day. Uh, That has been tremendously helpful for me to stay organized. The third and probably the most important is communication skills. Know your audience. Try to see your message from their point of view, and then try to think about how it could be misinterpreted. Because when it comes to text, either a text message or an email or a document, there is so much opportunity for your message to be misinterpreted, especially the ones that are crafted in haste or anger. Not thinking through what you're going to say is a great way to make a problem worse. I used to think that emojis were unprofessional and had no place in business. That was 20 years ago. After 20 years of experience, after 20 years of misunderstandings and arguments, I can tell you one smiley emoji can turn the tone of an entire conversation around. It can prevent an argument from happening. I have a very different opinion now. Picking a routine, staying organized, communication. Out of these uh, three, I think I'm following all of them. This is a great match. In fact, especially on the routine part, like I have a schedule defined for myself and I follow that diligently. So is the case with um, usage of uh, OneNote. In fact, I am a big fan of OneNote and everything that I discuss during the meeting that gets entered there. And it uh, helps me stay organized. Yeah, thanks for bringing that up. So definitely, uh, audience, in case if you haven't tried OneNote, that's a wonderful tool uh, which will help you stay organized by capturing a lot of uh, information out there. And beautiful thing is you don't have to save the document automatically. It gets saved and you can also insert pictures. Likewise, it has so many options to capture the meeting minutes and and so many, so many different useful options. So um, definitely worth giving a try. All right. So Christopher, now moving on to the 
core of today's topic like you are so passionate about this hardware right how did it all start like did it happen during When, your childhood or yeah? yes it did as a matter of fact in the very early 80s my father borrowed a radio shack trs80 from his job and i think i used it more than he did i immediately became hooked on programming in basic now you have to understand this was 1981 1982 Years later I got myself a Texas Instruments 994A for myself and I was programming on that of course I was a child so I wasn't creating anything very substantial but it was fun it was enjoyable computers for me became what cars were for other young men I enjoyed watching them become ever more powerful and then from there my interest in computers Uh, branched off into other gadgets like digital audio players and then finally smartphones the ability to have so much power at one's fingertips it's a thrilling sensation uh, of course i wasn't using this power for anything noble most of the time it was just for games but it was certainly exciting to watch these trends particularly in the early 80s when the growth was absolutely parabolic all right so that that's quite interesting and uh, i love the analogy of comparing computers with uh, cars right it is in fact uh, true and and really curious about what kind of uh, speeds that we are going to achieve in the computing space and all because earlier we started with i started at least i started with a 10 gigs hard drive and today we have uh, 1 terabyte but it seems to be <laughs> not sufficient right yeah you're absolutely correct it always seems to be an arms race Yeah. Every time there is a breakthrough in processing power people find new ways to fill that space and make greater use of it and soon what was thought of as cutting edge is now insufficient hmm. and we talk about Moore's law how processing power doubles every 18 months but uh, columnist uh, John Dvorak mentioned there's another corollary to that law not just processing power but storage storage capacity also increases doubles just about 18 months. The first hard card that my father bought, we were living in in Connecticut at the time, was 5 megabytes. That was that was the hard drive, 5 megabytes, <laughs> not gigabytes, megabytes. And that was a large amount of storage at yeah. that time. Yeah. Indeed. It's it's amazing to watch. Yeah. And and now uh, can you shed some light around how to improve the hardware performance? Uh, yes, uh I would encourage anyone if it even remotely interests consider building your own computer. I'm on this is probably my second or third computer that I've built that I'm using now. And yes, it is a challenge at times, but I have found it to be a very terrific, rewarding learning experience. Now, I want to caution people. I do recommend having another working PC or at least a tablet or a smartphone, you know, for googling hardware issues when you run into trouble. Uh but building your own PC allows you to select the components that you want without also having to pay for components that you don't need. Dale Carnegie said, "Begin with the end in mind." And that goes for any project and building your own PC is no exception. decide in advance what you're going to be using this computer for and that will drive your requirements let's say you want to use 
your computer primarily for storing movies and music. Maybe you have a ton of Blu-rays, downloaded movies, CDs that you want to rip. Obviously, hard drive is going to be the main focus of your build. You're going to want to have a large hard drive. Maybe you'll want two or three to serve as backups. But for just streaming media, RAM and the CPU are not going to be that much of a concern. On the other hand, if you're a gamer, that's different. CPU, RAM, graphics card, those are all going to be much more of a concern. Building your own PC gives you much more control over your system. You might even save a few bucks, but you will learn a lot in the process. I, I remember purchasing and building this uh, assembled PCs like way back in uh, early 2000 and all. But as the time progressed, these companies have started selling hardware which is sealed. For example, my uh, old uh, laptop which I currently use that, that has the RAM slot which is sealed. I cannot expand my RAM anymore, which means companies are forcing me to buy another model, not letting me to expand it as per my usage and all. Likewise, there are so many restrictions in case if you go for the company made and company assembled laptops and all. And definitely, I think assembling our own computer would definitely be great help. Right. So moving to the next part of our conversation, Christopher, nowadays we are paying a lot towards um, cloud storage, right? If, uh, one one mm -hmm. uh, perfect example which I can relate to is uh, Google Photos. Originally, they started with yes. unlimited storage for Google Photos and everyone got used to it. And suddenly they said, you can no longer use it, right? And <laughs> in, in India, they charge about 130 yep. rupees for um, 130 rupees, which translates to probably $2, uh, uh, close to $2 per month and for additional 100 gigs of uh, cloud storage and all. But the thing is, I'm, I'm, I, I still didn't get into that path because once you get there, we will end up paying it on recurring basis and all. Rather, I manage somehow downloading those uh, pictures onto my uh, external hard drive likewise and all, right? So that is one tip which I follow for myself. You might have been following several of them. What are your tips to avoid uh, paying for the cloud storage? You're absolutely right, Naveen. My advice is to make your own cloud. You can buy an external three terabyte, four terabyte hard drive and back up your own data. And there are a few reasons why I think this is the way to go. First, it's cheaper in the long run. A four terabyte hard drive is going to cost you less than $100 on Amazon. You pay for that drive once and that's it. And that beats the heck out of yet another subscription, yet another monthly bill. Everything is a subscription these days. And I understand why companies want to turn everything into a subscription. It stabilizes their revenue. It helps with budgeting. It helps the companies a great deal. I understand that. It does not help the consumer very much, not in my opinion. And Naveen, you brought up an excellent point. Google Photos started out free and unlimited until it's not free can be taken away at any time yeah. unlimited can be taken away at any time when you control your own storage it cannot be taken away from you the second reason is it's easy you just plug in the hard drive and you copy things from one folder to another there are even software programs out there that can automate that process every night if you want to back up your data every night 
The third option, or the third reason, I should say, is it's safer. Just because you are employing a company to back up your data, that doesn't mean they can't be hacked. They frequently are. A company can be hacked just as easily as an individual. But when you back up your data to an external hard drive and then you unplug it, they can't hack that drive when it's unplugged. You're golden then. Yeah, it, it makes absolute sense, uh, Christopher. I think these are wonderful tips. Many a times we overlook the subscription part, okay? It seems so simple amount, but if we closely observe, we are paying it on a recurring basis and it becomes a lifelong commitment. So, audience, uh, be cautious before you sign up for anything that is subscription-based. Now, I'm interested to know uh, some tips around uh, antivirus, okay? Any, any mm -hmm. free antivirus uh, software that you recommend? As a matter of fact, I don't use antivirus, and I'll tell you why. The best antivirus starts with the operating system. Now, Microsoft Windows has a reputation for being prone to virus. And I'll admit, some of that is hyperbole, but not all of it. There, where, where there is smoke, there is generally some fire there. About 15 years ago, I became interested in Linux. And I became interested because, as I mentioned earlier, I was always obsessed with computers and gadgets. And so I would always be reading articles online. Well, following these online articles are always the comments section. And invariably, somebody would comment about how terrible Microsoft is as a company, how terrible Microsoft products are, and always started spouting off about Linux. And I just had to find out more about what is this Linux and why do people have such a cult-like devotion for it? And I came to find out that Linux was a completely different operating system that I didn't need to buy expensive Apple hardware to get access to. It was impervious to viruses because Windows programs didn't run on Linux. And viruses, for the most part, were written to be run on Windows. Now, it's not exactly true that viruses don't work on Linux at all. No operating system is impervious to viruses. No operating system is impossible to hack. But for something that is very highly resistant to viruses, for an operating system where not a whole lot of people are even writing viruses for, Oh, and did I mention that this includes a full suite of Office applications? And did I further mention that all of it was absolutely free? I was intrigued. And so I learned how to partition a hard drive. I learned how to dual boot my, my PC. And I started with a distro called Mandrake back in the day. This was probably around 2002. I was in grad school at the time, and I actually wrote a bunch of my term papers using OpenOffice at the time. Today, I use Linux Mint, which is widely regarded as the most accessible, easiest to learn Linux distro. It is rock solid. It is professional. It has exactly what I need. And thanks to Steam, I can now even play some of my Windows games on Linux as well. So I really don't have a reason to go back to Windows. I, I can't agree with you. In fact, I have uh, gone with the dual installation of Windows and Linux way back in 2005-2006 uh, and I found it mm -hmm. useful. But um, yeah, definitely Linux systems are something hard, uh, virus resistant and we don't need external software okay, to protect them. Wonderful point. All right. So uh, Christopher, uh, before I... 
before we move into the trivia section are there any hardware or software tips that you like to share with our audience anything else i would say educate yourself don't make an impulse purchase when it comes to electronics or software decide really what you need why you need it explore all the alternatives don't buy into the hype ask for advice ask experts but in the end take the time and make your own decision deliberately you will spend far less money you will spend far less time and in the end you will be much happier with the result great great tips and uh, wonderful conversation so far so let's add some spice to the episode and uh, i'll quickly kick off the rapid fire round christopher with your consent yeah can you share uh, your childhood fantasy with our audience every childhood fantasy is rockstar i wanted to be the next kurt cobain that wasn't going to happen so I, i then i wanted to be the next bob dylan but to be honest lily i'm kind of getting older and I'm starting to settle into my own skin and now I'm I'm pretty happy being me. <laughs> Interesting. And uh, again uh, there is no right time or wrong time to start right so still you have a chance to be a rockstar. Right. <laughs> Where there is breath there is hope. Wow. I I I love that statement. Moving to my next one. What is the best piece of advice that you have received so far? My father told me when I was a child, you don't have to like it, but you do have to accept it. and i took that to heart especially the i don't have to like it part i have learned to accept what comes my way but by golly i don't have to like it and and folks are going to hear about how much i don't like it but i will accept it mm-hmm. i won't try to fight it that can sometimes usually be a a losing battle and a complete waste of energy quite interesting moving to the next one uh, can you describe yourself in just one word Ugh. i'm not <laughs> sure how to spell that word i think it might be yiddish All right. Well, most most days that's how I describe it. <laughs> But I'm learning to accept myself. Indeed, we have we have to. <laughs> What is the worst technology that you came across or any crap guard gadget? <laughs> One that comes quickly to mind is Lotus Notes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not saying that Microsoft Outlook is perfect because it is not. But I worked at a job for about 3 months and they used Lotus Notes. and it was such a chore i found the interface to to lotus notes to be so confusing it seemed like a software program that was trying to be both an email system and yet somehow document storage at the same time i found it very difficult to navigate i found the color scheme to be very loud and confusing and it really slowed down my productivity yeah You you made me nostalgic by mentioning about uh, Lotus Notes. I heard when I went to the computer class for the first time. I think way back in nineteen ninety eight, and it, that again I, I I don't think it survived uh, too long in the market. If if I'm not wrong, it stayed uh, maybe probably up to a decade or so. But uh, I, I think you're right. Later, yeah, great rapid fire so far, and let me fire the last bullet, which is my favorite question. What is one electronic gadget that you would like to see or invent yourself without a doubt replicators from star trek replicators are the ultimate 3d printer you just speak to the computer what you want and it makes it for you right then and there now i would probably be dead in 6 months because i'd be replicating cake and ice cream and soda all day every day but i would die at 400 pounds but at least i would die with a smile on my face but replicators if someone can invent that they are going to change the world i bet 
<laughs> Maybe not for the better, but it'll change the world, all right. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. So fantastic rapid fire. And I, I thoroughly enjoyed every bit of it. And before I let you go, one final question for today's conversation, Christopher. What will be your one piece of advice to those aspiring to make begin their careers? I would say define in advance at the beginning, what does big look like? What does success look like to you? And be sure to use your definition of success, not what the world is telling you is success. Make sure that your goal is actually possible and feasible. If your idea of making it big is to be vice president of a Fortune 500 company, I've got news for you, pal. You're going to be disappointed. There are simply not enough Fortune 500 vice president jobs for everyone. If your idea of making it big is to make millions of dollars per year, I've got news for you, pal. You're going to be disappointed because not every job pays millions of dollars per year. Oh, and a sidebar. A lot of people who do make millions of dollars per year, they're miserable anyway. So maybe for you, making it big means making a difference. Maybe making it big means you get to do the kind of work you love. Maybe making it big means you wake up on Monday morning excited. You go to bed Sunday night in anticipation instead of dread. Maybe making it big is structuring your life so that you only have to work part-time and you can spend the rest of your time on hobbies with your family, maybe doing volunteer work. Define what success looks like to you and make sure that it is actually possible. So it's not all about money, it's about the impact and everything comes with its own cost. Solid. Amen to that. (laughs) Such Such a solid advice and thank you so much. I thoroughly enjoyed every bit of this conversation and thank you so much uh, Christopher for being part of the guiding voice journey in shaping the careers and lives of millions across the globe I really appreciate you taking time and uh, sharing your wisdom with our audience and this has been a great value added conversation well thank you very much Naveen I had a great time and thank you for having me on alright so pleasure to host you Christopher and folks Before we move into the trivia section, here is a request to you. In case if you haven't subscribed to us, please subscribe from the app where you have tuned in from. Also, if you have loved this conversation and think that it would benefit any of your friends or colleagues, request you to share with them. Alright, now let's hop into the trivia segment of today's episode. Today we spoke a lot about hardware and how to, and also software and how to avoid paying for the cloud storage and how to build a computer which performs very well and how to build our own cloud storage and also I thought I would ask you a question related to the hardware. So what was the first computer system that used color display? I know you are thinking but let me tell you it was Apple one which had the first computer which had the first color display. Interesting isn't it? So folks in case if you have any tips related to taking control of your hardware, software or anything to avoid cloud storage or subscription-based software, I would look forward to your comments either through social media or on the YouTube video comments or maybe you can email me at theguidingvoiceforyou at gmail.com. And in addition to that, if you have any topic recommendations or speaker suggestions, feel free to reach out to me. Thank you so much for joining me. And I'm your host, Navin Samala, just a fellow IT professional on a mission to shape the careers and lives of millions across the globe. Looking forward to see you all in the next episode. 
Until next time, bye-bye. Thank you so much. Take care. Be safe.